everybody. From the winter wonderland of Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank. And sitting in for Dan, I'm Mark. And coming up today, uh, we're going to get into an often ignored little corner of Mormon history. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about the Kinderhook plates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was a little 19th century hoax that, uh, well, huh? was it a hoax or was it? Well, it was a hoax. Divine inspiration. <laughs> you will let the listener decide when we dun, present dun, dun, the evidence. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Um, well, Mark, who, who should start? Uh, whoever. Lovely morning. I can start because it's a snowy day. I have a story okay. about a snowy place. Ah, yes, let's hear it. Let us travel north to Iceland. Okay. Discovered by Leif Erikson in nine something something. I can't remember. <laughs> um, it's a. Uh, have you been to Iceland? I never have. I, I went there um, a while ago with my husband. I'm jealous. Everybody's been except uh, We found it absolutely amazing and super weird. And yeah. Just cool. Yeah. But now everybody's been and I'm yeah. ready to go. With. And when you're partying like crazy <laughs> and the sun's up all the time, yeah. it starts to get a little confusing. See, that sounds like fun. Oh, super a little, fun. little confusion. When you're not sure which this. 7 o'clock it is, it's, it's <laughs> really? pretty kooky. Oh, my God. <laughs> it gets out of hand. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's, it's a very cool place okay. uh, uh, that has some, some kind of kooky ideas. We've, I think you guys might have talked about before mm-hmm. that a large percentage of Icelanders believe in little people. Yeah. To some degree. Like it's, right. Who knows how folk or how seriously they take it, but <laughs> right. they've built highways around a boulder. Because right. someone said, oh, the little people live in the boulder. So That's go amazing. It. That's yeah. charming. It has a charm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you're going to be crazy, be charming about it. So, <laughs> well, here is something that's not crazy about um, our friends in Iceland. Okay. Uh, a new poll asked young Icelanders if, if they believed that God created the universe out of nothing. And, and it's interesting I uh, wonder if you want to guess what percentage of young Icelanders believe God created the universe out of nothing. Well, I would guess it's a low number, mm-hmm. unless there's like some little people worked in. <laughs> no, no, I don't think no. the little people were so pulled. They, they're talking, they're talking about God, God. Sure, uh, the Abrahamic God. Okay, all yeah. right, cool. Uh, low. I, I wouldn't even. Well, even it's pretty low. It's it's zero point zero percent. So. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. <laughs> they didn't even like 0.1% it and hedge nope. their bets on margin of error or anything? Like they literally had nobody say they believed it? Of people under 25 who believe God created the universe, with a whopping 93.9% of that age group saying they accepted the Big Bang Theory. <clears throat> wow. I guess that's a separate thing that that 0% said God created the universe out of nothing and 939 said they accept the Big Bang Theory. Then what does the other 6.1%? Who knows? They drink a lot. It's a very, very <laughs> drinky country, as we discovered. Oh, really? Super. Oh, yeah. Really? Lots of drinking. Is that because of the long winter? Yeah. So we, they told us, we hung out with these lovely kids that we bumped into at this club, and they invited us to go to this warehouse party. It was just nuts. And uh-huh. um, they said they drink all winter because it's dark and horrible, and they're depressed, and they drink all summer because it's sunny and awesome and warm, and so... <laughs> They just drink. So that was really fun. Um, So yeah, go Iceland. Mm -hmm. Once again, leading the charge for sanity. Yeah. In, yeah. Like seriously, because they they also like, 
arrested all the bankers, right? After they the, did. Yeah. The bankers actually paid a penalty for sinking their economy. Yeah. So, Brilliant. Yeah. Good for Smart. them. God, and they're going to take a bunch of Syrians too. Iceland is offered. How, where? How? All they have is space, dude. Like there's so yeah, much. Yeah, there's space only there. like three hundred thousand of them. Yeah, it's, it's tiny. So, and a lot of a lot of them, I can't remember what percentage, but a huge number of Icelanders live outside the country. Oh wow. Yeah, there's a lot in the states, a lot in Canada and Scandinavia. So it just seems like they're they very easily generous. become outnumbered by. Oh, probably not by refugees. I think they were going to take a few thousand, and a woman there started a Kickstarter campaign or some kind of campaign to the number to see if people. And all oh. these people came forward and said, See, yeah, lovely. I have a guest house. You can stay as long as you need. Yes, we have an extra room. Oh, that's beautiful. They're very kind people. I think oh. living on the margins of life yeah. makes you probably a little more generous. Huh. The margins of what where people can exist in the world, right? Right. They're kind of on that edge. Huh. Go Iceland. Yay, Iceland. What have you got, Frank? Something warmer? Uh, well, I have a strange... It's not really even a story. Uh, I mean, there there are plenty of stories about it. Uh, I want to talk about Powerball, the the the, the lottery. And that's a side effect of which drug, <laughs> Powerball, because I want to avoid that. <laughs> yeah, um, no, you know the the, the Powerball lottery, whatever the Power frenzy. Balls. Is it Powerballs? It should be. Oh no, I, it's I just it's one. Just, there's one because you have the five numbers that are not the Powerball. One ball, like and Lance Armstrong or one, Hitler. The yeah. last one that you have to match. Like, or whatever. I mean, you have to match all of them. I don't know how them, it works, yeah. You, okay, so... I've never played lottery at all. They draw six numbers total, okay. right? Five of which can come up in any order, right? Oh. Uh, that's the first five. And then you have your Powerball, which there's only one Powerball. It makes me laugh. And, <laughs> and, and there's no... It has no, to be the last number. That has to be the last number. Oh. Okay. Has to be. Wow. Um, and there are... Let me see how much I can remember from the articles that I read about it. There are 26 Powerballs, so 1 to 26, and I think there's 1 to, like, 68 or something like that of all the rest of the numbers. Okay. And so what this does, this whole combination of factors gives you a 1 in 292 million chance of winning. Sheesh. One number has that chance of of winning. And so because the numbers are... Most of the time, randomly generated. I think like 95% of the time, people just let the computer come up with numbers. Um, they, uh, they, the, the, the people who administer Powerball, um, they're able to tell they're called power ballers. Many, what percentage of the permutations have been, have been issued, right? So th- they know that 95% of the possible combinations or nine or 80% of the possible combinations have been purchased up. Okay. So <clears throat> it, it, it's really interesting. So like if nobody wins, then it rolls over and then all the new ticket and all that money that they're collecting goes into the next one. Yikes. And then, so it, it kind of has a dynamic increase, right? So as it gets oh yeah. bigger and bigger, then more it just starts to snowball. Right. Like mad. So like, Last Saturday, it was at 800 million, right. and nobody won. And then w- by Wednesday, it was 1.6 billion, right? Jesus. Like it doubled. So it could have doubled. Potentially, it could have doubled again. If nobody had won. Yeah. But apparently, there's, they, they know that there are three t- matching tickets. So how does that work? That they have the first five numbers in whatever combination, and they also have Powerball. And they also have the Powerball. Ew. Yeah. They have all of them. Now, I guess if you get like, the first five, but you don't get the Powerball, 
you can win like a million bucks or something like that. You know, not even worth it. <laughs> and there's some other ways that you can win like $4 or $7 or whatever it is. Right. Like you match like two of the numbers or three of the numbers or I, I those ones I didn't read anything about. Like, I, I've can you imagine about. the disappointment you're sitting there? <laughs> Does it on television or something? I think so. So you get like three numbers, right? Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> and then you win $7. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, enough to buy one bullet to put in your brain. <laughs> um, so, but of course, here in Utah, we don't have such things. We don't have powerful balls. We do, not <laughs> we do actually. We do? We make lots of babies. Oh, well, yeah. okay. Thank, Sorry, that was super you. gross. <laughs> anyway, um, Utah, it's actually in our uh, state constitution. No gambling. Period. That's why there's no bingos. There's no. There's nothing. Our state constitution is kind of two sentences, basically, isn't it? No, <laughs> yeah. no fun. No gambling. <laughs> no dancing. Uh, if you saw Footloose, yeah, that's basically we it. Well, booze. Well, that took a while, though. Did, well, no. From the from the beginning, there was booze. Well, and yes, then prohibition came along, and when that damned amendment rescinding the whole thing, which is a good thing, came it along, was us. It, it, Utah was the deciding vote, the thirty-six vote. saying yes, um, but uh, but it also uh, gave clearly the right to to regulate alcohol to the states. Yes, and so it's very regulated here. Very. It's very regulated, but I manage. Yeah, somehow, yeah. somehow we we muddle through. <laughs> Anywho, so so uh, I had a friend of a friend who was going up to Wyoming. To buy tickets. Yeah, I'm dying to know where the story's going. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay. And so I bought five numbers, right? I gave them $10. Right. And I was just like, this will be fun, right? Like, yeah. Like, why not? There's this, like, frenzy. Like, there's, it's all over the media. Yeah. Why not be a part of the story and well, just see what it's all about? What was your Powerball number? Is it too early? Are you waiting to tell us that? Huh? Your Powerball oh. number. Oh, I, no, I had five of them because I bought five tickets. Oh, oh, okay. So, but anyway, um, and clearly I didn't win, right? I wasn't one of the the three winners uh -huh. or whatever. Uh, <laughs> that goes without saying. But what's Frank has an announcement, everyone? Yeah, <laughs> screw all y'all. He's got a billion dollars. <laughs> <I'm retiring. laughs> uh, no, no, no. Um, no, clear, clearly did not win. But it was this strange, like, like it got me into like this, like. Because I had read that, like, people are, you know, like, on Reddit, you know, there will be, like, these, you know, big, long threads that where people are, like, oh, it's so stupid. It's, like, stupidity tax and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and then one person will be, like, yeah, unless you buy, like, one ticket. And you win. And it's $2. No, not even that. You got $2, and between the time you buy the ticket and the, you, just, you find out that you didn't win, you, you have a little fantasy time. You sort of... You just kind of it's think an amusement. About it. it's, it's an amu it's, it's entertainment, yeah. you know. And so for two dollars, what I get out of that, I don't. I'm not one of these people who dump thousands of dollars right, right. into into Powerball. Um, but anyway, and so I started thinking about it. I was like, what a strange thing because like you kind of convince yourself that you have a really good chance of winning once you have that ticket and you're looking at it mm -hmm. and i was sitting there and i was really wrestling with it because i don't do this kind of stuff right mm -hmm. like i i think once when driving through pff, i can't remember where i bought a lottery ticket right right a little scratch ticket uh -huh. um 
and it was just like oh what's what's this what's this you know but the, the, i knew that it was like i wasn't gonna win that much right there or there was no chance of winning much right. right whereas this is like what happens if all of a sudden you're handed like this billion dollar check right and so it it was fascinating where what, my mind went it, your your and internal it experience like, it turned into like this weird the only thing i could compare it to was this strange faith right this strange i wondered like, if that's what this was gonna yeah. be yeah 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 like there was this weird belief that i had a chance and, and it was nuts right because i knew the whole time in my rational mind that there was no chance yeah right? it was one in 292 million chance that yeah that, that these numbers were, were huh. you know, gonna win and i was just like what the fuck this, this is, is so weird and so i don't know like I, I don't know where i want to take it beyond that but like i had an, a faith experience this week that was really strange brother brother frank <laughs> you know what it's reminding it was kind of fun you know what's reminding me of is the emotional like when i was a kid and they would project uh not the horrible johnny depp version but the original uh, willy wonka charlie and the chocolate factory yeah, yeah, yeah. you know with uh, gene wilder uh-huh and he was so poor and he was just such a good kid and you as a little guy i identified with him and uh-huh. you know and then he gets that last buys that last candy bar or whatever his da- or his dad's got like 50 cents and he, he gets the fucking golden ticket and yeah. it was just swimming with ecstasy to watch that happen <laughs> and it's like th- you know thinking that that you're special in a way that the universe is going to yeah kind of single you out right for something special is yeah. kind of yeah i think i think that's very it's intoxicating yeah you know and and it's very it, human it's a very yeah. human impulse and and so like here I am having this strange faith in, 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 in the whole thing. And there was, there was comfort. There was hope. There was like all these things that I had kind of forgotten about that experience and why it is so alluring and why it is so, um, you know, because it was seriously analogous to believing in, in, in an afterlife. Right. The odds are so. No, you, know, no, you know what I mean. Like but you didn't. Cha- you didn't change the entire course of your life. No, 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 no. Because you might win seven bucks. No, but there was there was there was hope in a fantasy about this thing that could happen. Right. Right. But here's my here's where I would say you're right, but you're wrong. Is it did happen. It just didn't happen for you. No, I know. That's, that's, the, lottery's that's real. the limit of it. Yeah, I know. It's probably rigged. It probably is, you know, <laughs> there's some guy, Steve Jobs is somewhere pressing a button now, you know, <laughs> but it's real. It is real. Right. It is. It is actually legitimately It's real. crazy to participate. I think it's a bit crazy to participate in, but I don't, Yeah. If, if you don't have a massive gambling habit, I don't think there's any harm. No, there's no, I don't think there's harm. It was seriously yeah. just entertainment. Yeah. And like, I can't stand like casinos or anything like that. Like I have no, no patience for sitting there and putting nickels in a machine and pulling the little lever. Like I've done it. Friends have lured me out to, to, you know, a, 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 you know, a night in Windover. <laughs> this is so exciting. There's nothing like a night in Windover. <laughs> you know, I've, but it's awful. And I'm, awful. I'm always bored within, you know, half hour, 45 minutes. Yeah. And so all I do is end up, you know, having a bunch of drinks in the bar yeah. to, you know, 
get me through the rest of the yeah, experience. All I can see when I go to a casino is is America failing so terribly. I just see like all of this, all of this. All I can think of is all the backstories of all the people that have led them to this one place yeah. to just blow through their social security with a springy lanyard that goes into a machine. And I, I, I yeah. can't see past it because I'm just... And yet it's everywhere. Yeah. Like, I mean, here in Utah, it's not. We're one no. of the places that there are no Indian casinos or anything like that. But like, like I go back home to Oklahoma, there's a casino literally oh, right yeah. down the street from my parents. Right. You know? Um, and they're all over the place. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree with, with you know, the, the liberal stance in a way that, that gambling is kind of a, a further tax on the poor. It is. Because, you know, these people aren't high rollers. No. I went, by the way, somebody took me. I had a, a friend who's a friend of Steve Wynn's, weirdly enough, and they took us into the, and maybe this is a public place, I don't think so, but into the high roller slots oh, yeah. in like the secret room in the back of the Wynn Casino where I think it's like 10000 or $20,000 a pole. <laughs> God damn. You're kidding yeah. me. Was, there were like four slot machines or five slot machines and security everywhere. It was very nice back there, by the way. It was really nice. Who, but, who uh, can put $10,000 in a slot machine? Four people, at least, according to the wind. <laughs> at any given time. Well, that's very interesting. It was, it was bizarre. And I, I would actually love to hear, this is something I would love to hear listeners' response on. Um, you know, do you play the lottery? Like, yeah. Like, what... To, to what end? I think that we probably have a pretty rational set of listeners who are just like, fuck no. Right. You know, but yet, like, why would you? Why do you? Because it's clear that it's it's a ridiculous crapshoot. Well, and like what's, if, what's funny, too, is with gambling, if there's people out there who, who are, you know, in the skeptical community who do gamble, I'm sure there are. Oh, I'm sure. Um, but with gambling comes so much superstition. Yeah, like you, got, you can't sit. Like you can't be here. You can't be uh -huh. here. I know for a this is a very racist thing, but it's it was a thing with gamblers forever that they would run from a Chinese dealer. Really? Because I've never heard yeah, that. because the old gamblers thought Chinese were were super lucky and would make you unlucky. And so there's oh. yeah, I did a, a, a no project way. years ago that was kind of a gambling based story, and no way and there were all these crazy tropes in it. And so it'd be interesting to hear from skeptical listeners. Yeah. If they do gamble, what their superstitions are, right? Yeah. Do they still hold on to any of that? Yeah. Yeah. It it really got me thinking, which is why I kind of just wanted to bring it up, even though it, it's not a sit and laugh about, you know, some pastafarian, which is what's coming up next. Oh, is that the next thing? <laughs> uh, no, actually, it's two away. So. All right. Well, should I jump into something that'll kind of <clears throat> temper the mood a little bit? Please do. Yeah. A 21-year-old Irish woman faces life in prison for taking abortion medication. A uh, 21-year-old woman from Northern Ireland, whose name is being withheld for legal reasons, has been charged uh, with procuring and using the abortion drugs, I'm going to murder this, mifepristone and misoprostol, and could face life in prison for doing so. She is accused of violating the Offenses Against the Person Act, by attempting an uh, abortion with poison and procuring mm. those poisons. No way. Uh, an Amnesty International press release on the case illustrates how absurd the charges are. The woman faces two charges. The first involves unlawfully taking poisonous substances, namely the drugs. God, they make me say this again and again. Mef mefepristone <laughs> and misoprostol. You shouldn't be able to take a drug you can't pronounce. I just think that's smart. <laughs> I think that's a, uh, to terminate the pregnancy. The second charge is supplying or procuring poison, knowing that it would be used to induce a miscarriage. Mm. 
The medicated abortion pills are internationally regarded as safe and re- uh, and recommended option for terminating a pregnancy in the first trimester. Hmm. Uh, the criminalization of abortion means that women and girls that take these pills without effective medical supervision and therefore potentially resulting in serious health complications. Mm. So awful on its face. But what I found kind of fascinating about it is it's Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. It's the six counties, which is the UK. Oh, so that's uh, yeah. yeah. So okay. it's not Catholic Ireland. It's 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 definitively not Catholic Ireland. So. As f- I think abortion is still illegal in almost every, if not every case, in the Republic of Ireland. Uh-huh. But I wouldn't have thought that they would have such an insane stricture in the North. Yeah, that I think that which is, is not surprising. Catholic. Okay, so uh, that's super depressing. Um, it doesn't really say what's going to become. Of the, I don't know, you know, what hope she has of getting out of this terrible situation. Huh. Uh, so there, so there's some black market for these drugs. Must be, yeah. And she got caught. Yeah, must be. Um, you know, there's these. Are they the mercy ships? You know about these? No. These um, kind of amazing and very brave people who who have a clinic on a boat, and they go to parts of the world where uh, abortion or any kind of kind of family planning. Uh, stuff is not available to women. Okay. And they park in international waters. Ah, they pick them up. Like a mile out. Well, they can't go in, so you have got to get out to it. Ah. So I'm imagining there's probably a coordination with charities or brave-ass people in these countries who will take a a dinghy and get you out to international waters so you can get these services. Oh, my God. And um, so they'll park off the coast of Ireland and, and, you know, parts of Africa. uh, But it's it's frightening. Mm. That's and in that's the first, amazing, but it, that how 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 horrifying, right? And and again, it's this this insanity of the the quote unquote pro life, which are really the pro birth kind of movement. Mm-hmm. This is a drug that is effective in the first trimester mm-hmm. when this little blastocyst mm-hmm. is. I mean, not even an embryo yet. Right. I mean, this is a, this is a cluster of cells that. Yeah. If you saw on the sidewalk, you couldn't possibly mistake for a human in any form. Right. Right. So, um, so we'll see. I hope it. I hope it works out, and she isn't thrown in the in the keep for the rest of her life at twenty-one. Trying not to ruin her life. Yeah. Yeah. She's ruined her life. Yeah. Come on, Ireland. Yeah, that's awful. Yeah. Well, um, strangely enough, my next story ties into that. Oh. Uh, Planned Parenthood. We've, yes, we've talked about Planned Parenthood. Uh, we uh, have been following uh, this uh, whole saga with the those stupid videos uh, that uh, misrepresented, you know, some conversations yes. that were being yes. had inside of a Planned Parenthood. Yep. Uh, the people who went in uh, to film them, of course, uh, misrepresented who they were, um, and uh, and then heavily edited, and then. Yeah, like psycho edited it. Um, and uh, so anyway, so um, Planned Parenthood is suing the activists. Um, and uh, because, so um, they, on the grounds of, uh, so here's a quote from uh, Don uh, Leguins, Leguins. I have no idea how to say that last name. Probably a fake name. <laughs> 
<laughs> she's the executive vice president of Planned Parenthood. Mm. Uh, and she says, uh, the people behind this fraud lied and broke the law in order to spread malicious lies about Planned Parenthood. This lawsuit exposes elaborate illegal, the, I'm sorry, exposes the elaborate illegal conspiracy designed to block women's access to safe and legal abortion. Uh, you know, the people that went in, they, um, you know, they made these recordings without consent. The mm -hmm. people who, who they were filming. Yeah, they were secret. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Hidden camera operation. Um, they registered uh, false identities with state agencies. Can't imagine that that uh, is going to bode well for them. No. And, uh, and then they also violated the non-disclosure agreements. And, you know, they, were, they intentionally went out to damage uh, the reputation of Planned Parenthood. And, you know, you can't really do that. So are they suing for defamation? Is that the charge? Uh -huh, I believe so. Yeah, well, well done. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Where were the... Uh, civil lawsuit uh, that seeks uh, um, compensation and punitive damages as well as legal fees. Um, they're not quite sure how much money they're going to be seeking. Uh, they, like, they don't have a dollar amount at this point. Um, but they anticipate uh, that, that, oh, that they'll also be adding in, uh, they'll, be, they'll be seeking to recuperate the, the extra money uh, that they had to spend uh, after the videos were released to uh, pump up security at Planned Parenthood clinics. Yeah, there's been all, this, all these attacks, all this vandalism. Yeah. I mean, they're always under a threat. Right. But it's, it's really it, it ramped really up after this up, stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so David Deliden, Deliden, thank you, weird last names. <laughs> um, he's the founder of the Center for Medical Progress. That's the name of the organization that yeah. made the videos. What? Uh, That's the name of their organization? Uh -huh, yeah. Instead um, of just lying shitbags? <laughs> and his, Limited. his email response uh, to uh, the... Uh, 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 to, the, to the journalist who wrote this story. Uh, he says, my response is, game on. I look forward to, this, to deposing all the CEOs, medical directors, and their co-conspirators uh, who participated in Planned Parenthood's illegal baby body parts racket. It is not illegal. Well, it would be if they were actually selling them, which they did not do. They, they, some body parts are transferred off to medical researchers. Yes. And there is, um, a, uh, what was it called? A reimbursement of fees. Right. It's a, it's a handling. It's like yeah. somebody that there is a job. Look, you fucking awful, hateful pieces of ignorant shit. Yeah. If you, there's a lot of things that happen in hospitals and there's a lot of things that happen in saving people's lives and in finding ways to save other people's lives that aren't pretty. Right. And if that's if that is what we're going to base our medical science and our understanding on, Ew, I don't like that. Well, fuck you. Give back everything medical science ever gave you. <laughs> Give back everything organ harvesting right. and and, you know, things that are not pleasant Get, and and vaccine trials and drug trials, all the things that that gave you give back. Yeah. Right. Fuck you. Otherwise, right. because do you know what all that research goes to? Do you know what they use? I mean, it's crazy what comes out of that. Yeah. The the cure for diabetes is around the corner. Right. With this kind of uh, um, medical science. Right. Um, type uh, one. The yeah. Type twoers are out of luck. They just don't have anything for them. 
Well, so don't the, get type two. The, the, the babies haven't yielded. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. Are you gambling again? <laughs> so I just I find uh, it so fucking infuriating, and yeah. it's the same bunch of dick bags that the the James O'Keefe, that horrible mm-hmm. little troll. Right. He went after Shirley Sherrod, who is the Undersecretary of of Agriculture, and and they destroyed this woman because she they edited what she was saying about racism. Right. And what she was saying is she overcame her racism after her father or her grandfather were, was killed by the KKK. Right. So it was a story of triumph over racism. They turned it into, yeah, I'm a racist, destroyed this woman, intentionally lying. Right. They did the same thing with uh, Acorn. Yeah. Yeah. Which was something that fucking helped people yeah. in desperate situations. They're trying to do the same thing with Planned Parenthood. Yeah. It's a disgrace. And, yeah. and Well, I'm, I am just glad to hear that Planned Parenthood is... It's suing them. Absolutely. Because they get to take over the narrative for a minute in, yeah. d- in, during their response, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, kudos to Planned Parenthood. I'm yeah, good so for glad them. that they're, they're striking back uh, in this way. So I, the best of luck to them. Yeah, absolutely best of luck. And so far, uh, I mean, I don't know about all over the country or anything, but like here in Utah, the, the, our governor's attempt to defund Planned Parenthood uh, has failed in in the courts. Yeah, well, it's so. probably because he locked himself out of his car or something. <laughs> Couldn't get to the defunding <laughs> meeting in time. Our governor is named Herbert, and that's the only name Herbert has. So <laughs> he, he's yeah, he's he's not the brightest. Yeah, his security guides him away from revolving doors because they know he just gets stuck. <laughs> just be a Jerry Lewis act. <laughs> Poor dumb thing. Well, go go Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yeah. Keep on keeping on. And it, so. it's not just for women. And if there's any that, young yeah. people Good out point. there. That's uh, a point that always needs to be made. Women and men, uh-huh. you know, young men for any kind of uh, contraception or any, if you're worried about STDs, mm-hmm. and they can also help you with your Powerball. Oh, That's the whole reason I went down that. <laughs> you you just, thought I was being a good guy. <laughs> Go get your Powerballs checked out. Uh, all right. All right. Well, I have a I have a fun. I have a fun. Do you? Good. I do. We need a There's a guy a there's a guy named Dave Bratt who for reasons the universe will never understand is in the United States House of Representatives <laughs> from the state of Virginia. Um and he's the guy that actually beat Eric Cantor uh uh in his primary because ah, he was okay. a tea party cuckoo. Right. One of the well, others. he's mad. He's mad at President Obama. Really? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what in the world? Shock. What in the world Horror. did he do to you? He became president. He That's became he president and he yeah. We won't we won't go down the race rabbit hole here, but <laughs> uh, Repu- this story is uh, Republicans can't seem to figure out just how Christian President Obama should be. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when he doesn't talk about his faith, they call him un-American or a secret Muslim, or as they usually spell on their signs, Muslim. When he does, <laughs> as he did when he was talking about the need for Syrian refugees coming into the country, uh, he's going too far. Representative Dave Bratt, our idiot. Better known as the guy who dethroned Eric Cantor in the Republican primary on the talk show of Sandy Rios said that Obama had no right using Christian imagery. 
the, to quote, the president is using Christian tradition and he's trying to bring about compassion by bonking Republicans over the head with the Bible. It's almost a comedy routine on what compassion and love is. He's mocking his enemies in order to compel a larger federal state using the tradition of love. Those were words in a sentence. If anybody knows what the fuck he's talking about, please let me know. Continues. Our side, the conservative side, needs to re-educate its people that we own the entire Christian tradition. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Fuck, I wish you did. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah, Christianity would go away real quick. Oh, mean President Obama being a Christian when he's not supposed to be. One of those. Uh... Talk about locking your fucking keys in your car. What a <laughs> Dummy, do you want to come be the governor of Utah, Dave Bratt? Because we could use your intellect here. Anyway, I just thought that was so great. It's like they're so they're just so out of dog whistles. They just they've said everything but the N word. Right. So they just keep they just yeah. kind of keep putting words back in a box and shaking it up. Yeah. It it is remarkable. I mean, the man cannot do anything no. without getting some. Just ridiculous. Yeah. And it's criticism. So the in- most positive, universally accepted, like positive thing, such as, I don't know if you watched the state of the oh, union. Oh, I did. Yes. Yes. But like, he's talking about like how, you know, we need to like, or, or we have, um, uh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but he was talking about like, um, veteran services. Yes. We've improved veteran services. Yeah. And it's just nothing from the republicans i, I watched paul like, ryan sit behind like, him and Meh. glare yeah and it's like it's like come on you can't cheer him for that nope it's like, amazing that's something that that is a universal good yeah right? that is a good thing we send we send young men and women around the world doing oh yeah whether you agree with it or not they're they're out there working for this government and the least we could do is take care of them when they come back and their brains are all fucked up. Right. They're hurt. You know? Or they're, they're missing body parts. Yeah. Yeah. We need to take care of these people. And right? Paul Ryan just sat behind him glaring at, <laughs> glaring at the back of that black yeah. head. <laughs> <sighs> My country changed and I don't like it. <laughs> just this fucking seven-year tantrum that is going into its eighth year. Yeah. I mean, l- luckily, there's a couple times we can laugh about it, like with this moron Dave Brett. Yeah. But the rest of the time, it's just exhausting. It is. Like, it's hard to pay and, attention. And the potential, you know, I, I, I can criticize plenty about Obama, and I'm happy to do it. But the potential after the chimpanzee that was the president before him, yeah. the potential this man had to do something great for the country. Yeah. He tried like crazy, and it's just been so squandered by these assholes and racists that could not handle that their privilege was slightly adjusted yeah you know yeah. it's very disappointing uh, it is go away <laughs> <laughs> what's you go what's you go all right this is the last one right yeah all right okay hmm. so how do you feel about the pastafarians do you like the pastafarians i like their cuisine <laughs> I know. I, I love. I, I actually adore any kind of merry prankster like that. I adore the Pastafarians. Yeah. Okay, I've awesome. been touched by his noodly appendage, and I hope you have as well. Yes, yeah. it, it, it's a fantastic 
well, it started off as just this wonderful just thing with the, the, the Kansas Flight. School District, right? The fl- Flying Spaghetti oh, Monster. Is, oh. Or the, the Kansas State School Board or whatever. Is that where the Flying Spaghetti Monster I'm pretty sure it came out of Kansas, right? Like, they, like all pe- good people things. People were trying, like, so Kansas was trying to get, like, religion taught in the schools again. Straight out of Kansas. And so these people are like, well, equal time, if that's what you're saying. <laughs> right. You got to give us equal time because we're legit, too. Right. And so they organized the whole thing, and the thing just spread like wildfire. Yeah. Right? It's, it's, it's been very fun. Brilliant. Yeah. And so one of the things that people, one, one of the little protesty things that people have done around the world, and it's brilliant, is forcing your local DMV oh, yeah. or whoever it is that issues your driver license in, in wherever you live, um, <laughs> forcing them... To allow you to take your your driver license uh, photo with a, a colander on your head, right? Yeah, and they say yeah. that this is their their religious freedom. Uh, this is their religious freedom. Yeah. This is this. And is you what know what? It fucking do. is. It, it is, is their fucking religious freedom. They've, they've joined this church. Yes, right. And this is their headwear is a colander, <laughs> right? And so, and so around the world. Local DMVs have 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 <laughs> yielded to this request, I love including a, a former porn star here in Utah, who uh, who she forced the DMV to let wait, her. wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You've never heard this one. Wait, before we get to the colander, <laughs> who's the former porn star? In I Utah? don't remember her name, but she lives like down in St. George. What? And she forced the 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 driver license guide or, or the office down yeah. there to uh, let her take a- let her take her photo with the colander on her. On her head. Well, at least she was wearing something. <laughs> yeah, right. Did she now, do? I, that'd be great if she did her porn shoots with a colander on her head. Uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, safe sex. So here is uh, the case of Andre Filin, hmm. a Russian. Oh boy. Who has decided to take on the the state traffic inspectorate in Moscow? Uh, I don't even think I'd fuck with the traffic cops and like the the, the guy behind the desk in any Russian institution. So he marches in to to the to the driver's license uh, folks, yeah, and says, "This is what I need to wear." And he actually he uh, he's he's got a cute one. He's got a knit a knitted colander. Well, it's cold, <laughs> right? So yeah. it's his, it, it's it's just like it's a hat, but then it has. The little knitted on handles, yeah. and it looks like a, a colander. So that's what he goes in and says that this is, um, this is what he wears. And uh. he claims that, yes, or, the Orthodox Pastafarians usually do wear the metal version. Right? Oh, oh he's of, reform? He's more of a <laughs> reform Pastafarian. Um, but anyway, so they... They allow him to do it, right? Like, there he is. He's holding up his, his little driver's license photo. Um, but with a twist. Yeah. Which is... That Putin gets to boil him alive? No. They say that if he is ever pulled over... Without the hat. Without the hat, he will lose his driver's license. Well, you got to commit to the bit, right? <laughs> like, you got to commit. <laughs> it's just... I love it that they're just like, they're like, 
okay you. Yes. We we will let you. We play a long game with you. You know, I've been to I've been to Russia in the wintertime and I wish I wish I had had a knit colander (laughs) to curl up inside. It is colder than the dark side of Pluto. So I I imagine he'll be able to keep that on eleven months of the year and then just stroll around without it when it's above freezing. Yeah. I I think it's amazing. Wow, good for him. Yeah. That's commitment, and and, uh, and what what do you say? Like, I hope you're touched by his noodly appendage. What's the thing? Ah, I you know, can't it's a remember. blessing. Whatever you pastafarians know what I'm talking about. Sorry, <laughs> I don't mean to be a racist. <clears throat> uh, peas be upon him. Is that it? I don't know. Oh, that's good though. Yeah, that was... that's sweet. <laughs> Little primavera. Uh, awesome. Uh, all right. Well, that's that. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us uh, and complain about anything that we've. Uh, talked about although if you like us send us those too please um you can email us at podcast at thank god i'm atheist.com or uh you can leave us a voicemail message the telephone number is 424-666-8442 you can find us on facebook facebook.com slash tgia atheist and also while on facebook you can search for the tgia members only lounge it is a private group so you have to request to join it Dan and Dan's sort of the main guy who lets people in. Uh, it will take a minute to get let in. Um, we do get <laughs> we get your emails uh, saying I, I've nobody's let me in yet. Um, it's it, it's a long list, and Dan goes through and he vets everybody. He so actually just, snoops quite a bit. It yeah, takes a while. He, yeah. he he gets a sense of like whether you are who you purport. You know, you know that dark spot in the trees outside your bedroom window? Dan's standing <laughs> in that at night, just observing, just watching. Yes. It's not creepy. He's, uh, just, he's just confirming whether or not you're an atheist. That's all. That's yeah. All. Just, don't, don't, just don't look him in the eye. All right. We're going to take a quick break. This is Pat Robertson. Uh, he, uh, he has some advice for uh, a sexual abuse survivor. Oh, my God. Can we just skip this? I know it's going to be so terrible. This first one is from Jonathan Pat, who says, I got involved with hookers the day I turned 18 because my mother sexually assaulted me when I was younger. My father was not at fault for this because he was at work providing for his family during the abuse. Should I call the police and have my mother charged now that I can speak up or do I turn the other cheek? In case you're wondering, my father's now dead, but I never had the courage to tell him what happened to me until I was in my late 20s. Jonathan, I think the thing to do is let that thing rest. I, I could grief. Your mother assaulted you? Mm-hmm. It's, it's hard to believe. You know, well, exactly. it happens. Huh? It happens, yeah. Well, it's so rare, but in any event, she's your mother. And, I mean, you've got to love her. I, you'd, I'd pray that she might find the Lord, and, and God will forgive her for that, and you should forgive her too. But are you going to charge her and ask her to be put in jail? Now that you're in your late 20s, of course not. Mm, did that really happen? I feel so <laughs> fucking dirty. I'm sorry, I'm being super sweary today, aren't I? I'm like... You're fine. You're fine. I, I just so... have to hit the explicit tag. <laughs> That's... God. Whenever... <laughs> sorry. Whenever... Just, you know I'm coming on the show, but... Yeah. We always hit the explicit tag. Uh, it's... That was so creepy. What was weird is the person writing in... Just kind of like, it, it, don't worry, it wasn't my dad's fault. It, don't worry, my dad's dead. It's like, well, what is that? Doesn't that yeah. seem strange to you? Well, I mean, 
this guy's looking for permission to hold his mother accountable. Well, unfortunately, I can help him out with that right now that the statute of limitations on this shit is, is crazy short in most states. Really? Crazy short. Yeah. For sexual abuse? Yep. Really? Yep. It's crazy. I think it's it's something I think it's 5 to 6 years in a lot of cases. And I by think the it's one of the worst things you could do to someone. Well, it definitely alters the course of a life. Yeah. And, and so that's why the Catholics have gotten away with it in so many cases is because the statute. Because by the, the time a person is ready to kind of deal uh, with it, they're usually in their late 20s. That's so right. Or up. later. So it's, yeah. it's too late. You, can, you, can have, you could have DNA proof that it happened and you, you can't even give the guy a parking ticket. I don't know about that. I don't like that. No. I mean, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that because I understand the need for you know, statute of limitations on yeah. stuff, but like, come on. Well, and there's also, you know, in the eighties, I don't know if you remember, there was this mass hysteria about Satanists and, and <clears throat> sorry, people raping children. And, and there was kind of a lot of false memories were being planted and mm-hmm. kids were being coaxed into this because of some crazy religious hysteria. Right. So it is, you know, it is important to, to establish as best you can, the truth of the charge. Sure. But, you would think the statute of limitations would take into account the frailty of young people and their journey yeah. in life and how it's going to take them a while to be able to deal with it. Especially if, if in my opinion, a religion has taught you to be ashamed of yourself and your sexuality yeah. through your young life, you're, you see yourself as the perpetrator oftentimes. Uh, well, and I mean, or the guilty party, I mean. Standing up to whatever authority as well. I mean, that takes you, it takes maturity, you know, yeah. that takes. You got to grow up. You have to sort. You have to figure it out and realize, oh, shit, that's just some dude or right. that's some, you know. That he's not God's representative on earth. He's yeah. just a sick man. Or, you know, if this story, which to, there's something weird about. There is something weird about, about this it. one with Pat Robertson. But, but you know, certainly if it's a parent, that's a real, that's yeah. a major mind fuck. I, that, I, I, I'm not going to do what Pat did, which is doubt the legitimacy. I am. <laughs> No, really? <laughs> I don't think Pat doubted the legitimacy. He just said, get over it. No, right at the beginning. Did you see the look on his face? And he's like, oh. your mom didn't do that. I think that's just the, his and, face. His, and, <laughs> no, it, t- it took his little He looks like one of those, what are those things you carve out of an apple and then it kind of goes, and it turns into a little doll? <laughs> apple person, right? What? An apple. Did you ever see those? What? Yeah, people used to carve an apple. Uh-huh. With a face, and it kind of goes, and shrinks up like a really old person. Okay. And then they put a little burlap outfit on it. What is this? Is it just me? <laughs> no, I don't know this. Maybe thing. this is a false memory that's been planted. <laughs> I don't know what the statute of limitations on. in your on, neighborhood? Who? Statute of limitations on craft is. <laughs> craft crimes. You did grow up in Utah, so that. I did. I, 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 I'm not I swear to, to God, someone. The, this, the funny little things that happened in Utah. I'm going to goddamn look it up because uh, you're doubting me. Because my, my childhood was... But Pat looks like an apple person. I think it's just his face. Anyway. He looks like an apple But what he was saying is, oh, it's true. Just get over it. That's your mother. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's not good advice. I think the right advice is, okay, first, get I think some you should go help. see a therapist and yeah. talk it through and figure out what your next steps Boom. are going to be. Apple people. That is the weirdest fucking thing I've ever seen. What? Yeah, I wish I could show you guys through the microphone, but just Google dried apple people. <laughs> and, you, and you'll see Pat Robertson is one of the first hits. It was really big in your That's in nice. your ward. All the all the It was big in my ward and corn husk dolls. I don't know what the 
I remember corn husk dolls. Yeah. I guess yeah. I come from pioneer times. I don't yeah. know. I'm not that we, old. We but... would get some of the Utah stuff out in the mission field, uh-huh. uh, but not uh, not all of it, clearly. I bet you had your own weird shit down to Oklahoma. Yeah, my grandfather would make like little whistles out of uh, tree branches and stuff. Like he would pull the bark off. He'd moisten it and pull the bark off and then carve the inside and put See? it back in. And whoo, 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 he'd make a little whistle. <laughs> He was, a, for, hand, he was for, a handy little oaky for the man. Apple people to dance to. <laughs> doot, 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 bark music. <laughs> what were we talking about? Uh, emails. Okay. I mean, we weren't, but that's where we should go. Um, let's see. I want to start with this one. Um, Dan, Dan is generally in charge of picking the emails. I figured he's not around, so I'm going to break one of his cardinal rules, which is avoiding the fanboy uh, emails. Why can't we feel good about ourselves? I don't know. Why Dan, doesn't, Dan doesn't let us feel good about ourselves. I like to feel pretty. Dan, Dan, Dan likes to make us all feel bad. <laughs> I think he thinks that's true. where great art comes from. This right? is the it's misery. Despair. <laughs> no, I don't, I, I don't know what his thinking is on that. I don't think he likes to make it look like uh, we're, we're, our we're praising home. ourselves I gotcha. and, and that kind of stuff. But there were some nice emails this week uh, that I I think warrant having a little a little read on the on the show. Let's indulge ourselves. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Dear Frank and Dan, recently I have discovered your podcast. I love how humorous you two are, and I have quite a laugh listening to your show. Oh. In response to your last episode, Mormon militias, I would like to say that yes, Ohio is an open carry state. But you can't carry a gun without a license. Um, so he goes on and on. Um, growing up in Ohio's God country is hell, <laughs> if such a place is, was real. Uh, I'm constantly submitted to the blubbering of assholes who refuse to not look at me like I'm hellspawn. Everywhere I go, there is a God is good, read Bible, and not be sent to hell type signs. Uh, I don't like it, but... Uh, Am I going to complain? Nope. I respect people. Uh, they can live uh, the way those choose, but I can still hate it. All right. Uh, anyway, um, he says, I kind of want to read that just to establish. Um, uh, he says he's 16 years old. Uh, he'd love to donate to the show, but he's 16 years old. Uh, it's fine. You don't have to donate don't, to the you show. Don't donate to the show. <laughs> donate to yourself. Yeah. Do something for yourself. <laughs> Put the money in savings. Get yourself to school. Yeah. All that kind of crap. Uh, but as an atheist, my parents are semi-accepting of me. They're like, all right, it's what you believe. Yet the next minute, I feel like they're saying you are an embarrassment. Uh, I want so much to break from this. I hate this place. Mm. And I hate my life. Mm. But I live for the day. Uh, um, well, basically, when he can get out of there. And he says he wants to meet us and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then he puts a barrage of emojis like I have never seen before. I think Let's my see. iPhone would blow up. Let's see. Uh, if, if that came in Holy on, a, on, a, on a text message. Um, wow. But, um, I wanted to read that because we do get, we do get emails like this. Um, you know, a lot of kids, um, who are, who are in, he doesn't ask a question, but um he's reaching out he's reaching out yeah and you know the it's just a couple years away and you can get the hell out of there are we knowing it's a he i just see an atheist who likes emojis oh could be a she 
I don't know who it is, but whoever you are, I figured could, by the, the, the language that this person was using that it's very coarse. Could, couldn't possibly be a young lady. <laughs> a young lady of, of, of any class. Yeah, does not identify. Well, whoever you are, and the email address doesn't give any sense of name or anything. Say young so. atheist who likes emojis. A young atheist. <clears throat> Good for you uh, on, a, on many, many fronts. I think that yeah. uh, if you listen to, there was an episode, the first episode I did with you, Frank, I think, mm-hmm. and young atheist, this is Mark. The, the first episode I did with you, you kind of asked me about my background, and I talked about the in, insane loneliness and feeling like I was the only person who either was fully crazy or wasn't fully crazy. Yeah. That changed day by day. Um, and this sense of isolation I had as a, as a nascent non-believer. Um, and I think I, I'm so happy that things like the online community exists and podcasting exists because right. you have a community that can kind of get past the censor. Like if, yeah. if your parents or your community don't want you to have access to certain information or media or whatever you have a way to get to it and so i'm I'm super happy for you that you have this sense of community and you know that what sucks about being young is you don't have a huge amount of control over your life yet mm. but rather than spending a lot of time in despair i would say the time you would spend despairing at your situation in the world around you make a plan mm. spend that time get used to planning how you're going to make your exit from mm-hmm. what is making you so unhappy and you're going to you're going to move out of small town ohio or wherever you are and you're yeah. going to find a different life and you're going to find your tribe mm-hmm. and it's going to be great yeah yeah but this thanks for reaching out because that's you're communicating with us just like we communicate with you when we yeah. do the podcast yeah absolutely all right here's an email uh from someone who doesn't want his name mentioned uh dear frank and dan as you can probably imagine i'm not exactly um part of a large group of like-minded individuals geographically or demographically speaking. Um, I listen to a lot of atheist podcasts. Uh, it's like therapy for me. I get to listen to conversations that almost no one I know is having. Well, my experience was probably quite different from someone that has both churched and apostated in Utah. <laughs> I feel like I get more from your show than most because of our similar religious backgrounds. Um, where did he say that? I guess he doesn't say that. Okay. Um, my wife, who is religiously ambiguous, but definitely not atheist, got curious and started asking me what I was listening to when we would go to bed. I felt like your show was the perfect introduction to the world of atheist podcasts. I figured TGIA is like playful, non-threatening, heavy petting compared to some of the other shows that would require a safe word and a shower afterward. Now when she asks if it's you guys, she will have me remove the earbud so she can listen along with me. You have evoked several giggling fits from her. I can't begin to tell you how uh, stoked I am about uh, sharing this part of my life with her. I'm not blowing smoke. Oh, wait. I'm not going to read that part. Um, Because it is effusive praise. Oh, come on a little bit. Uh, (laughs) Just a little bit. He says... He says, I'm not blowing smoke when I say that you guys possess real talent, and if this whole atheism thing ever gets respectable enough uh, that, that we are more trusted than pedophile priests, you guys are ready for prime time. Oh, uh, It's bullshit that Steve Harvey is making millions, <laughs> <laughs> and you guys aren't household names. That's really sweet. Uh, Thank you very much. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, 
Yeah, thank you, Frank, uh, Dan, and Frank for what, blah blah blah. W- what a beautiful day that will be yeah. when we are more trusted than pedophile priests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where's our parade? I know that's yeah. so cool. We d- we need a parade. Super cool. Atheists on parade. I'm I'm so glad that your wife um, listens to the show. Isn't that great? Yeah. Hopefully, I, we can be a gateway into. Yeah, slightly scarier. You know, your Hitchens or just something yeah. down the road a bit. But if not, <laughs> just enjoy the ride while it lasts. Indeed. Yeah. Um. Let's see. No. Just going to skip that one. We're running a little short on time. Um. Hey, Frank and Dan. Uh, I hope I'm not too late to join in on the afterlife discussion from a couple weeks ago. I wanted to point out that while Dan is absolutely correct that no one would really be stupid enough to end up in outer darkness, that's the uh, Mormon uh, hell, I guess. Uh, The Mormons do have uh, leaders in their history who have become rabidly anti-Mormon after holding very high offices in the church and thus most likely qualify for outer darkness. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, Let's see. Also, while the Mormons claim not to believe in hell, outer darkness has been described as hell 2.0, or as I like to call it, passive-aggressive ghost sit in the corner hell. Uh, <laughs> it's basically designed to suck as to suck just as much, but absolve God of the guilt of torturing people eternally. Um, anyway, thanks for the great content, and uh, you guys keep it up. And that's from Nate. Hey, Nate. Hi, Nate. Thank you. Yeah, outer darkness has always been a little weird. Yeah. It's kind of hell-ish. Yeah, well... And you can come back. Like, isn't there a way back? No. No, you can't no. come back. From- Outer oh. darkness is forever. Oh. You're cut off from, from the light of Christ. Oh, shit. And so you're just... It's just dark and drab and dreary. Is and it quiet, though? Because I just... Probably I can, really peaceful. I need to yeah. get some rest. <laughs> just there been- definitely aren't all the Mormons clattering about, which would be heaven for me. Listen, hell, so, like, hell for me would be... If the Mormons were right. Dude, it would be an eternal sacrament meeting. It would be a, a Mormon Sunday forever. Hell for me would be a Mormon Sunday, period. Yeah. Did you guys, time sir. Fast, fast and testimony. Well, Sunday. F- at least F&T, it's, people went off script. entertainment, but now that they have their little glove with the five points that you're supposed to make. What? Have you not seen this? No. So the kids now get a glove. And one of them is like, I believe in Jesus. I believe in Joseph Smith. I believe in the Book of Mormon. I love my mom and dad. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I don't know what the five are, but that's the standard child like thing. That's so so, crazy. But that's all they're supposed to talk about. And so they're taught now from, from being really young that these are the only things you're supposed to talk about in the hopes that 30 years from now, Sister Smith will wrap it or up. Sister Christie won't get up there and uh, talk just, about the three knee fights. And- yeah, talk about how her screen door was having some troubles, and you know the, her home oh. teachers came over and they fixed it. No, I'm just so happy that we live in such a loving community. Regardless, uh, and it's just hell. like uh, <clears throat> although those 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 kind women, <sighs> crazy women, uh, usually did bring some entertainment. My sister and I would usually sit there and be like, okay, is she getting up? Is she going to get up? Oh, yeah. Sunday? Is she actually going to get up? Yeah. And yeah. She there was an old yeah. guy in my ward that, that was, was very deaf. He had a hearing problem. Uh-huh. So his, vo- his voice was very atonal. He was very old. And he would scream into the microphone. <laughs> 
and about the craziest stuff and and we would kind of taunt them. we'd walk very close to him with the microphones like come on brother g come on yeah oh because you had the the deacons with the microphone yeah that was thing. me yeah we didn't do that in any of my wards oh yeah you had to go up all right i think that's actually i think that's it for for emails all we, right because like i alluded to a moment ago um my time is running out sadly so do you um, get hate mail do you ever get like hate mail um we get um what's the right way to say it very no people who write in generally say you know something along the lines of um i just want to start by saying i love your show and so critiques they give you critiques yeah but but you guys really fucked up on this one Right. Well, sometimes we and do. then we get like three or four or five or ten pages of content oh. explaining how we fucked up and you know what please keep sending those because they do give us something to think about yeah um if they're too dialed in on one little point that we just like brushed over we yeah. usually don't read them yeah but um but uh if if we feel like yeah we did fuck up yeah we read them and yep. address it so, all right yeah um all right kinderhook kinderhook the yes. kinderhook plates dateline kinderhook illinois <laughs> 1843 uh yeah a little uh this this i have to say somehow hmm. this one had really passed by me i i'm shocked i i and i i really don't i don't know how that happened once i started like <laughs> once i heard it you know how sometimes, though, it takes you, like, hearing something three times before you go, wait, what was that? Because the name Kinderhook Plates, I've, I'd heard that. Yeah. I'd, I'd heard mention of them, but I didn't quite know the story. Well, when you grow up, I think when you grow up Mormon and then you've grown away from it and you uh -huh. just want to get away, you hear all these names and all these words and you're like, oh, who gives a shit? Like, who, you know, who cares about and Adam on Diamond and yeah. who cares about thinking of things? I've thing. mostly been there for the entire run of this podcast, <laughs> to be honest. No, I'm dead serious. Just today or are you talking about? No, no, no. The oh. whole four or five years, however long it is that we've been doing it right. now, I, I was already kind of like really tired of Mormonism, mm -hmm. you know, like because I left the church in the late nineties mm -hmm. and it had, wears had, you down to a nub. And well, and I, I had this weird thing where I had, I had some friends who'd moved out of state and they're like, you got to just come on, you got to get out of there, you know? Mm -hmm. And because I have nothing, I don't have family here. I have nothing tying me to, to Utah. And I was like, you know what? I think if I moved to X place, mm -hmm. that's awesome. I would never work through what I feel like I need to work through. Ew. Keeping me here keeps me sort of near it, keeps me oh. sort of figuring out what this really awful thing in my past. Near the scene of the crime. Yeah, what it was. That's fascinating. <clears throat> and that wore off by probably 2008-ish. Oh, so yeah. nearly 10 years. Yeah, but I got a kick-ass job that I was really excited about right mm -hmm. at the same time. Ended up staying longer. You put down roots. Uh, and I've, I've really established yeah. some serious roots in Utah. Um, and so, uh, and then when Dan and I started this, I was just like, Jesus Christ, do we have to talk about Mormon shit? Yeah. You know? Okay, well, I guess we have to because that's our experience. I had a similar, you know, because I, I never wanted to be part of it, mm -hmm. but I had no choice. Mm -hmm. 
as soon as I got out, I was like, Bleh! and just shook it off. And like, I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And if I talked about it, it was just going to be in the most excoriating possible right. terms. I had a lot, you know, anger. Still, crazy amount of anger. Yeah. Um, and I still have some. If you've listened to any of the beginning of this podcast, clearly you can tell I have issues <laughs> that I'm dealing with. <laughs> Thank you, emoji kid. Um, yeah. But, um, but then what's funny is I started to become interested again. Like I never mm -hmm. was interested when I was in. Yeah. But then I started to really become interested. I read No Man Knows My History, which is amazing, and started mm. to become interested in, whoa, this is crazier than it. Nobody ever told me it was crazy and awesome in this really fucked up way. <laughs> you know, this magical worldview uh -huh. and, and yeah. seer stones and treasure digging and, yeah. and, um, yeah. and you know, plant interplanetary travel and all this shit that is so uh, i know why they don't teach that in church ah, but it'd be so much more interesting so much more interesting you'd be like okay well i'm headed for the door but this has been a great discussion <laughs> you know what i mean instead of just the hypnotic banality of, of you know, church i think they could get away with it in church but they wouldn't get any new members because that's the whole thing the church is so watered down right i think so that they can lure more people in. right from this crazy fantasy space that yeah. it was under joseph smith yeah. so you, anyway, you want to talk about the kinderhook plates? so the kinderhook plates yeah uh little backstory for those of you who aren't super up on your mormon history that's fine you don't have to be um, you're about to be <laughs> um so joseph smith what in the 1820s uh brought forth the the book of mormon right yeah. He, it was uh, the an angel had directed him to the the brass or the gold plates, which were weirdly just behind his family's farm. Convenient, yeah. Well, the the Lord set this whole thing up, right? Like, of course, it was. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. And so, so anyway, um, he goes, he gets the plates, he translates it, gives out the Book of Mormon, blah 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 blah. Okay, so that's key important information as to why the Kinderhook plates would be so alluring mm -hmm. to joseph smith 20 years on right right um he so so some mormons were not good neighbors right no uh they uh they, they generally pissed off anybody in the community around them because they were such a um what's the right they were so culty they were so culty and they kind they they arrived kind of without warning yeah and all of a sudden, your sleepy little holler in Ohio yeah. had 10,000 new residents yeah. that wanted sh shit to do with you. Yeah. And, you know, were sucking up all the resources in the land and they wouldn't do business with you. They only do business with each other. And, and now uh, they wielded political power because yeah. they outnumbered you. You kind of had this unasked for Jerusalem appear, yeah. you know, across your property line. And it right. was pretty frightening and weird to... Yeah. People who were also probably quite ignorant rural people. Right. Who weren't ready for that. Right. And so some neighbors of the Mormons decided they were going to catch Joseph Smith in, uh, they were going to expose Joseph Smith. Well, did it start as an, exp an exposure or did it start as a money-making scheme? Well, that, I guess there are conflicting theories, right? Because like the stuff that I was reading... It seemed to me that they were they were setting the the uh, Joseph Smith up by. I'm sure there there was probably a profit motive. Now that you bring that up, 
a profit motive. That's funny. <laughs> That's really. Uh, I'm sorry. sure. Um, but so anyway, let's let's just go through the story. Yeah. Let, let's take out that part of it. Okay. Okay. Um, so the Kinderhook plates were um, a set of sort of bell-shaped um, uh, metal plates. They must look had, like axe heads. They're kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's probably a better way of describing them. Um, with a little hole on the non-sharp end of the axe um, where a ring went through. And so they kind of were, you could flip through them, I guess, right? The six yeah. small bell-shaped pieces of brass with strange engravings is how they're described on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so this Robert Wiley guy, he's the, the grand schemer behind the whole thing. He starts to claim... It's him, right? That yep. started claiming about having dreams. Yeah, Robert uh, uh, or Bridge Witten and Robert Wiley. Yeah. yeah. Um, and anyway, so they start this dig, right? <laughs> in out, an, in out an Indian near, mound. Yeah, in an Indian mound. So you're going to find some stuff. <laughs> right. Um, uh, near Kinderhook, Illinois. Mm-hmm. That's where the name Kinderhook comes from. And uh, they plant down in this hole that they've dug. Mm-hmm. Um, these 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 fake plates that they manufactured, plates. right, right, and uh, and so either with the intent to try to sell them to the Mormons and make some money, right. But I think that they always would have like been like, nanny nanny boo boo, yeah. you know, when when the when Joseph Smith comes out with this translation yeah. that came from God. I th- there, this was not an intent to pull the rug out from underneath? Well, it certainly could have been because he was not beloved. So this would have been yeah. where where uh, he was not beloved of the non-faithful. So where this would have been was Nauvoo, uh-huh. where Joseph Smith would have been at this time, yes. which was intent to be that by this bend in the river, it was going to be the New Jerusalem. Right. And they'd been chased out of a couple prior to this. But this was it. This was what they, where the they were final the, the Mississippi Jerusalem. River. They were finally staying here. Yeah. He had raised an army at this time, right. the Nauvoo Legion, which was a pretty serious army. Right. Um, many, many thousands of men under arms. So the locals were pretty freaked. Right. And at the, at this may be the same time, or close to the same time, he's running for president, which was also kind oh. of a, a crazy story. Yeah. So while basically committing treason, he's also running for president. Right. And, and marrying 14-year-old girls. Yeah. Another show. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so, I'm sh- so Kinderhook is fairly close. Uh-huh. They knew from from Joseph Smith's history that he he was much beloved of digging in the earth and coming up with great treasures. Mm-hmm. Um, they also knew for just the novices when when Joseph Smith allegedly pulled the golden plates out from behind his house, they were in a in an ancient Middle Eastern language that he was able to translate. Right, the, the stories changed over time, but with putting a rock in a hat is the new theory. Is the new uh, Official policy. So he put a rock in a hat, looked at it, and a divine light allowed him to read it. Right. Hang in there. And so so he'd been duped before this with, the, with a greater embarrassment called the Book of Abraham. Right. Which we can divert to if you want in a minute. So these guys knew that if you brought something mysterious and and subterranean right. and metal to Joseph Smith, like he was the he was the guy in America, if you were gonna sell this thing. Right. He was the guy you're going to sell it to. Right. Right. It was well known that that was his shtick. Okay. So they brought this thing to him. He, of course, 
it was like, oh, yes, see, yes, this of great ancient origin. <laughs> uh, so he takes this this thing and says it is um, it was written by a, a descendant of Ham. Right. Uh, and if, if you remember your, your Old Testament, Ham was the son of Noah who laughed at his drunk ass naked dad passed out. Right. And that's where black people come from. <laughs> it's true. Look it up. So, so this was some testament of a descendant of Ham right. through the loins of Pharaoh because he needed two massively important Bible personages to legitimize this thing, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't remember reading what it says. I don't know if you ever wrote down what he s- claimed it said. Do you know? Mm, like no. he did with the book of Abraham. No, 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 no. He didn't actually. There's. I don't think anybody has ever claimed that they had... A translation. A translation that he had started. What this is based on, uh, he said he does say, uh, and this was it from the, the history of the church, um, although there is some dubiousness as to whether this actually came from Smith, it's more likely that his secretary wrote this down and then it later got turned into a first-person account mm. because it's almost verbatim from the journal. But... That doesn't matter. Like his personal secretary wrote down some something basically identical to this, which says, I have translated a portion of the plates and find they contain a history of the person with whom they were found. He was a descendant of Ham, blah, 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 blah. Um, he, so he, in the journal, it says he, he says he has translated a portion, mm. right? Um, Why a portion? And, it's only six pages. It's only eight pages. <laughs> but I mean... He would have turned that into something amazing, right? Of course, he, it's he, what he did. He, he would have turned that into another grisly run-on sentence, oh, like all God. the others he ever wrote. Any, anywho, um, what, what's interesting is that the fact, like, it's so fascinating. I read a, uh, I actually read an article printed in the Enzyme uh, oh. back in 1982, I think. Uh, or that 80, was the golden 81. age of the Enzyme. Those were good August ones. 81 is when this came out. Uh-huh. Uh, Kinderhook plates brought to Joseph Smith appear to be a 19th century hoax. And so this is the church's like final like stance on this thing because they had gone, huh. they, they had sort of accepted it on some As level. Real. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, because Joseph they, Smith said it was. Yeah. And so when, you know, back in the later on, how many years afterward, like in the, the, the 1900s, mm. Um, oh, one of them turns up. Right, and somebody right. did some research on it. Yes. Uh, yeah, what was that? Um, anywho, it ends up going through some some basic, non very non, or inconclusive, rather. Um, it was in 1980. 1980s when So that's final, a year before that yeah. was written. So 1980. Uh, so in 1980, they actually do some pretty intensive, like. A, metallur- a, a metallurgist mm-hmm. at the uh, Northwestern like University. S- scanning electron microscope. And they're like looking at, you know, the grooves that are in this. Was yeah. this engraved? And he said it was, it was uh, the metallurgy and the technique in, in founding it uh-huh. was consistent with a 19th century blacksmith shop. Right. And traces of nitrogen were in it. Right. From the nitric acid that it was assumed were used to etch the goofy right. little boogers in it that look, don't right. look like language at Which, all. Which, that's not how it would have been done in antiquity. No. It would have been engraved and the grooves would have been different. There would have been metal pushed into the other right. strokes and so forth and so on. Right. 
Um, and uh, and this actually corroborated the story of the the hoaxers themselves. Yeah. Who later the story comes out and they say, well, yeah, I mean, this is how we did it. And it was always a hoax and blah, 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 blah. Right. And they mentioned using some sort of acid to, in order to cut mm-hmm. out the, the images and all that kind of stuff. And how they had used iron, particularly they'd wrapped it up in this iron thing to cause it to, to uh, age. And yeah, to exactly, to look, kind of fake age it and rust uh-huh. it up. Yeah. And so, so anywho, so this ends up corroborating that. And the church, I'm sure, was just like, shit. Yeah. What do we do now? Yeah. And so they, they come out with this whole thing and they put their best apologist on it, apparently. It's probably Hugh Nibley, does it say? <laughs> no, it's Stanley B. Kimball, who was actually a college professor in Illinois, he, but he was Mormon. I'll be damned. Uh, All the way back in Illinois. Yeah, something yeah. like that. And he, uh, anywho, so he goes through the whole thing and he has all these things. He, he, he basically, so there's this, the one thing that is the most damning is this entry in, in, in his, in Joseph Smith's private secretary's Mm -hmm. journal that says that, that basically the thing that I just read that he had started the translation and he's, this is the story. It's ham. It's this and blah, blah, blah. Came through the court of Pharaoh um and he's like he's like well you know this statement here is in the first person mm-hmm. and this statement over here is from the secretary and he turns it into this whole thing this he said she said kind of it no it's kind of like well we know that the prophet never said this right because the only thing that we have written down is from the secretary which is you know that's that's not necessarily reliable is what this historian is saying and it's like but then like you go through the whole thing and he's using people's you know second person or i'm sorry third person account of something as 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 testimony yeah as actual testimony yeah exactly and so this guy said the prophet said this joseph smith to people that believed he was who he was who he claimed to be he was in daily contact with Jesus the Christ yeah. and God the Father. Yeah. You don't write down something he didn't say Especially and say that he said it. If you're his private secretary. Right. Right. You believe like, that you believe this is a living God. Your job is to get it right. 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 Like if you're like housewife number four down the street, yeah. right? Um, yeah, you might get something wrong <clears throat> in your journal. Yeah. Right. Although journals, I think the whole thing, we would need a historian to correct me on this, but I think they generally accept journal entries as being pretty reliable if it's within like a certain amount of time of the event. They can be entered into evidence in in a court of law under certain circumstances. Right. And so like um, now like accounts of people seeing this is totally off on a different (laughs) tangent, but like. Brigham Young's face turning into Joseph Smith's face when he's taking authority of the church. That doesn't show up for until like 20 years after. In a journal. The, in a journal. Right. It's right. the only place that ever appeared. Right. Exactly. And there were a lot of people in was, that con- congregation. And then all of a sudden, everybody starts remembering that. I was told that as a gospel truth. When yeah, I was absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Absolutely. Now, those kind of accounts, not reliable. But when it's the day of... Or mm-hmm. a couple days after, mm-hmm. I think that people generally, especially by a person in the employ whose job it is to record right. these circumstances, it's, it's bananas to think. So, so it's nuts. The church is trying to say, no, 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 no. <laughs> so this, <laughs> this, this is not really. And, and for those of who, who people who haven't been paying attention to recent Mormon history, the church is in a massive 
crisis right now where it is trying to figure out how to undo a lot of this history as it's mm-hmm. appearing. Um, and it's very embarrassing to them because they've tried to whitewash out the magical worldview, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, but th- it, this goes to – Smith was vulnerable to this kind of stuff because oh, yeah. this is the problem of the profit business. Once you become a prophet and you are once and you are one degree of se- you're not even one degree of separation away from God the Father and Jesus the Christ, you have to keep profiting. Mm. You have to. So there's a great uh, story where they were t- traveling west and they came across a hill and there was an Indian altar. There was an old stone altar of some mm-hmm. kind. <clears throat> so his guys ask him, the faithful ask the prophet, well, what is this? Right. He can't say, I don't know. Because he's the prophet. Because he knows everything. Right. He's got a direct line to the guy who made everything. Right. So he's got to come up with something. So he's like, oh, this is uh, <laughs> this is Adamon Diamon. So they're in Independence, Godforsaken Mosquito, Missouri. Right. And he says, oh, this is Adamon Diamon. This is the, the this is the altar that God sac or that the Adam sacrificed animals to God on. It's like Adam, this is the Garden of Eden. It couldn't just be. So it's, it's an altar. It's a pile of rocks. It's a pile of rocks. I don't know what it is. That have been there for 6,000 years. Right. Right. <laughs> okay. So that, that makes a lot of sense. So you, once you're in that business, anytime a guy comes to you with a bunch of scribblings on some yeah. metal stuff or some Egyptian hieroglyphs, you've got to, you can't say you don't know. Hmm. So the web of lies just becomes this inescapable silly string of stupidity. But why you know? can't you say, no, mm, no, 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 no. That's nothing important. Don't worry about it. He couldn't. <laughs> You know what Why I mean? Not? Like, like that's what any rational you, person he would could do have at said. That yes. Point. Oh, it was a minor. Uh, it was a minor. This altar. is some Indian thing. It's like when this is this is nothing that's tied into when us. he bought uh, Egyptology was very uh, very popular in the 19th century. Right? People were discovering mummies in Egypt, and, and they right. would take them on tour in the states. And some guy sold him a real papyri from mm-hmm. an Egyptian tomb. Right. And he couldn't just say, "Oh, you know, some the priest from Egypt and a thing and a thing." Right. He said, "Oh, this was this was written by the hand of Abraham." Right. Abraham, of the Bible, the yes. father of the all the great religions. Right. So, of course, he didn't know that at the time he was saying that the Rosetta Stone was in the possession <laughs> of I don't know if it was the British Museum or the French or Napoleon right. had it, but it right. was it was being broken. Right. So his undoing was about, you know, one of his undoings with the book of Abraham was in progress while he was, quote unquote, translating it. That's amazing. So he was in the profit business and it's a tricky, tricky business. I don't recommend it to young listeners. Do something else. <laughs> Plastics. <laughs> so it's, it, yeah, the Tinderhook play. And if, if I have a second, I'll just say for, for those of you that are interested in all of these subject matters, and right. I can't believe Frank hasn't read this yet. I, yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Jeremy Runnell's letter to a CES director is an incredible and easily digestible uh, um, compilation of a lot of these problems that is a fascinating read, and then you can read further if you like, but that right. is a, a great thing to start that journey. Yeah. Frank's going to read it. I, I know I am going to read it. Um, you know, like... I don't know. Like we were just talking about, I lost interest for a long time. Yeah. And you don't need convincing. Yeah, I'm done. Right. You know, the it, it's nice to have a little reminder every yeah. once in a while of like why it's all bullshit. Yeah. You know, um, but I don't need it. Yeah. You know, I'm fine without it. So no, the, nobody had talked it up to me like you did earlier. So yeah, yeah I'm totally going to 
check it out. Yeah, check it out. It's all over the internets. And then you probably won't get me or Dan to shut up about it after. <laughs> I thought, I thought, you know, I'd been, I, my, my heart was out of the church at age 10. I thought I'd known, and I'm in my 40s, that I knew everything there was to know about why it was all a bunch of cockamamie crap. The CES letter, I was like, What? That That's too? Amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's well worth a read. Well, like you said earlier, it's all in one place, and it just kind of creates one big giant case, yep. right? And, and, the sound of it? And written by a faithful Mormon on his way out, but asking the questions. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully you guys got something out of that conversation. Yeah. Kinderhook Blights. Check it out. Check it out. Google it. Um, if you'd like to join in on the conversation at any time, you can email us at podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or leave us a voicemail. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Look us up on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash Atheist. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. Closed group, though. You're going to have to wait. Um, thanks to Mackenzie for all the help on Facebook. And thanks to the Red Rock Hot Club for still letting us use uh, their music. Mm-hmm. And thanks, of course, to Mark. Thank you, Frank. You filled in last week for me and this week for Dan. That's I do what thing. I can. And I think next week you'll be back. Is that I don't know. true? I usually find out the day before. <laughs> the first time Dan's like, what are you doing right now? <laughs> I know that I'm unavailable next week. I don't know what Dan's plan is. All right. Uh, I'd, love so, to, uh, I'd love to sit here and try to fill in for your... <laughs> Fill your beautiful shoes. Anyway, thank you everybody for listening. Bye. Bye.